You know, I love hearing people's stories of what God has done. It's been a fantastic morning already, hasn't it? And I want to start by asking you guys here this morning um, a couple of questions. Is that okay? I'm going to do it anyway. So who has ever been on a journey here and got lost? Who's ever been on a journey and got lost? And who has ever been fearful? Who's ever been afraid? I think they're both something we can all um, relate to. And getting lost is a horrible feeling, isn't it? It's not nice. It's not a pleasant experience. And then throw into the mix of that, that you have an important meeting to be at. You have to be somewhere at a particular time. For example, you may have a plane to catch. Wow, your feelings start to change quickly, don't they? Anxiousness about being lost can turn to frustration. Frustration then can turn to anger. As you see the time passing by. (laughs) And then you get angry, don't you? You get angry at yourself, other passengers, other road users, traffic lights that are out to get you because they're on red. And that's a word right there for someone. It's not that you're lost, it's that you're late. (laughs) There's a whole host of emotions that are experienced. And it's here I want to throw something else into that mix. See, what if you've ever lost something that's valuable to you? What if you've lost something that's valuable to you? How does that make you feel? This can be when the real emotions of loss and fear hit you. See, it could be um, an expensive engagement ring or, or wedding ring that you've lost. And then you have to tell your partner. You have to tell your loved one. Panic and fear may set in. It could be that you lose your mobile phone. And God forbid that because your whole world comes to an end right there. And then it could be that you're a new parent. And you go shopping with your baby, but you only come home with your groceries. (laughs) That happened to me as a baby. My mom left me in my pram in a shop. I'm assured it wasn't intentional. (laughs) But as you can see, I've still got issues. (laughs) And it may have happened to some of you. You know, as you're shopping, you've taken your eyes off your child for a split second, and then they don't seem to be there. It happened to me um, while shopping with Cara one afternoon, and the fear that set in was incredible. But what she'd actually done was tuck herself in right behind me. So I'm looking around everywhere, and that panic really hit me. But then I realized she's in fact closer to me than she's always been, than she's ever been. And there's a lesson there for us all. You know, whether you consider yourself a Christian or not here this morning, Jesus is as close to you as he's always been. Whatever circumstance or situation you're going through, and whether you realize it or not, he's closer to you than you think. And we're nearly coming to an end of the teaching series we're in at the moment, where we're looking at the great I am and the I am statements Jesus made. Um, It's next Sunday that it finishes, and Andy's going to do the talk on I am the resurrection and the life, and there's no better way to end it there, is there? But again, we know as Christians, it's just the beginning. It's a huge celebration, lots of celebrations we have, and I want to encourage you to come along. And back to today, we've already looked at these following statements. I'm the bread of life. 
I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. And I am the vine. And Jesus makes these statements to show us that he really is God. You see, the statement, I am, would have been familiar to everyone that Jesus was talking to at that time. And it's why it ultimately got him killed. It was a name God used for himself in the Old Testament. And it's here that Jesus uses that same name to describe himself. The statement I want to concentrate on this morning is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's mentioned, they're all mentioned in the book of John. John's in the New Testament, the last of the four Gospels. And the word gospel means good news. It means something we have to celebrate. <laughs> we, in it, we, we, we get the, the recordings and the life teachings of Jesus, which are good news. It says in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this one statement, this one statement is still as controversial today as it was when people first heard it. You see, people thought and still think today that there are many gods. And then that there are many ways to God. There are some that may believe in God but really struggle with Jesus. But it's here that Jesus clearly tells us that there's only one way. See, Jesus does not simply teach the way or point the way. He is the way. And before we unpack that uh, a little bit more, I want to give you the context in which this statement was given. It's in John 14. But before that, in John 13, the previous chapter, Jesus is with his disciples. It's a Passover festival, which is another huge celebration. Simply put, it's a celebration to mark the end of slavery that the Jewish people endured at the hands of the Egyptians for 400 years. You'd want to celebrate that, wouldn't you? And it's here that Jesus informs his disciples that one of them is going to betray them and then that he's going away, that he's leaving them. And this comes as a massive bombshell to them. It's something they don't understand. It's Peter that speaks out, but they all have questions. You see, this is huge for them because for the last few years, they've spent every moment of their life with Jesus. They'd given up everything to follow him their livelihoods, their friends, their families, everything. And now after a short, relative time, uh, just a few years, where many of the disciples are, are still finding their feet, they're still learning, they're still just getting a revelation of who Jesus is, he informs them he's leaving. Wow. This would have left them feeling a whole host of emotions similar to ones we started with early. Particularly, though, that sense of loss and fear. And Jesus knows this. And it's why he starts by comforting his disciples. And this is where we're going to pick it up in um, John chapter 14. And verses 1 to 4 say this. This is Jesus speaking. And it should come on the screens. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the place to where I'm going. Wow. And I want to stop here and focus on this for a while. 
Because it's here that Jesus speaks right into the circumstance the disciples are in and they're facing. You see, he knows what they're thinking and what they're feeling and he comforts them. Do not let your hearts be troubled, he tells them. And this is what I want you guys to know this morning. No matter who you are or what you've done, there is nothing you will ever go through. (laughs) There's nothing you'll ever go through that Jesus doesn't know about or care about. See, he knows what you're thinking and what you're feeling. And he says to you, do not let your hearts be troubled. You see, he's in control, even when life seems to be out of control. Jesus tells his disciples this before anything has happened. You see, he hasn't left yet. He's still very much with them. And then he goes on to tell them in verses 2 to 4 that he's going to prepare a place for them. And then that he'll come back so that he'll be with them. And then take them to where he is. And that they actually know the place to where he's going. That's incredible. He's confident in them. He's reassuring them. He's giving them valuable information that will get them through what's going to happen to them. And it may be today. Maybe today that you need to let Jesus comfort you. Maybe today that you need to hear those words for yourself. See, in the middle of whatever you're going through, and it could be a relationship breakdown. It could be a health scare. It could be a job situation. It could be a financial situation. Jesus is saying to you, do not let your hearts be troubled. And then when you're lost, if you've got lost, if you've ever been lost, you know how valuable it is when someone gives you directions, don't you? When they're able to tell you the way, it's huge, isn't it? And this is what the statement Jesus makes is really about. See, John 14 and verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he flips the lost around, what I talked about earlier, and the valuable around, because he believes you're valuable from the moment you were born, and nothing will change that fact. And it's because of this that he doesn't want you to become lost. You see, he sacrifices himself. He gave his own life to become the way so that you may know the way into a relationship with God. And it's not just about being physically lost, getting lost in a place, or spiritually lost, but actually about being eternally lost. And what that means is that you're cut off from a relationship with God. What that means is that you could be just getting through each day instead of living life to the full each day, as God intended you to. See, I've been both physically lost. I'm always getting lost wherever I go. It's become a a laughing joke. And I want to tell you, um, I've been eternally lost too, but I'd take being physically lost day in, day out, week in, week out for the rest of my life rather than being eternally lost and not having a relationship with God. See, I haven't always been a Christian. Many of you know that and you know my story. And I'm not going to go into that now. But just to say, my life was a mess. I was addicted to alcohol and drugs. And I've served time in prison for fighting. But in the middle of all that mess, all that chaos, Jesus believed I was valuable. And he showed me his way. 
and save me from being eternally lost. And then not longer, not long after I'd come out of prison, and we're talking nearly 10 years ago. I haven't repeat offended. <laughs> good. We're talking 10 years ago now. I got physically lost. I was going somewhere and I got lost again. And I'll never forget this story because God really spoke to me through it. See, I've always done things different. I didn't find God like, I didn't find God in prison like the majority to do. And actually that's no coincidence that happens because God is always where lost people are. I actually found God and I went into prison knowing God, but I come out closer to God than I've ever been before. And more of that in a minute because there's another lesson there. But I'd been out of prison a few months and I was back in this church where everyone made me feel welcome, loved and accepted. You've heard the stories there this morning. <laughs> um, God had totally transformed my life. And again, you've heard those stories this morning. Everyone saying the same thing. And I had a friend in, in this church who did a fitness class in Warsaw and he invited me along. I used to be fit uh, a long time ago. This is just relaxed muscle now. <laughs> and I'm also not from this area, from mid Wales, and I didn't know where Warsaw was. I'd, I'd never been there before. And actually now I, I never want to go back. <laughs> So I had the address, I had the address, I had the name of the street and of the sports centre and I was told to turn right opposite a big church building. I was told I couldn't miss it, but I missed it. I didn't have sat-nav back then, I wished I did, it would have made things so much easier. It's dark uh, and I'm lost, not really knowing where I'm going, but eventually I find the street I'm in. And I'm driving really slowly, driving really slowly, looking around for the turning. And then I see the building on the left-hand side. And then I realize I've passed the turning on the right-hand side. And I stop looking around, a bit disappointed. It's then as I've stopped, um, I see this lady and she's trying to get into my car door. She's lifting the handle up. And I praise God that that car door never <laughs> opens. Some of you may need to catch up a little bit. Let's just say she was a lady of the night. And she's trying to get in my door. She's trying to get in my car. And it took me a while as well. And I'm like, what? No, 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 no. I'm lost. I'm lost. I'm lost. And what I do is quickly get my car into reverse. And there's just a, a junction uh, opposite on the left-hand side. And as I reverse in, I stall my car. Lots of panic, lots of fear going on. And then she starts walking down the street again towards my car. She must have thought I had second thoughts. I'm, no, 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 I'm, I'm lost. And the junction is directly opposite. And I, I speed across and, and get to the sports centre uh, and my friend. And then I tell him what's happened. I'm, I'm as white as a ghost. He's, he's like, Simon, what, what's happened? And I'm like, you wouldn't believe what's just happened to me. And then he turns around and says, oh, yeah, that street is really known for it. I'm like, thank you, you could, have, you could have told me. And I don't actually share that story for laughs. This is what God said to me. You know, I experienced a whole host of emotions there. You know, I'm so glad she didn't get in the car because I've not long come out of prison and all this is going through my head. 
It really looked, what on earth is this guy doing? He's driving really slowly, really suspiciously. I'm, I'm looking around. And then if she'd have got in the car, how on earth would I have got her out of the car? And I'm, all this is going on in my head, and I'm thanking God for that. But then I felt God say this to me, Simon, it's not you that's really lost. It's that girl. And I'm like, wow. And I burst into tears. You know, I've always asked God and prayed to God to break my heart for lost people. And right there, right then, he showed me a very valuable and important lesson. And then for us, for Christians here this morning, you know, sometimes God puts you in those situations where lost people are so you can show them the way. You know, instead of looking for a way out, look to show those guys a way in. You see, you're there possibly for a reason. And then this may sound hard for you, for some of you to take. You're there for a reason, possibly as well for a season, for an amount of time that God wants you to be there. Jesus then goes on to say this, you know the way to the place I am going. See, you're there for a reason. You're the best advocate, aren't you, to be there. God wants to use you. You're the best advocate to be there, aren't you? You are. And as well as that, Jesus always promises the Holy Spirit. You see, it's the Holy Spirit in you that wants to walk, wants to work through you. It's the Holy Spirit that draws people to himself. And as I said, because the Holy Spirit is in you, he wants to work, walk, sorry, work through you. And Jesus says this later in this passage. And we're going to have a look at it now. In verse 26, it says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. And as well as the Holy Spirit being our comforter, who pleads on our behalf to the Father, he also pleads on behalf of for others. That's for everyone else, for all lost people that you come into contact with. You see, I was in a literal prison, surrounded by hundreds of lost people. But for me, it was the one time in my life I'd never felt freer and had so much hope. And the Holy Spirit in me was really working through me, reaching, screaming out to these people. See, God always wants to use you in those situations. It may be difficult at times. It may be difficult all the time. But then Jesus says to us, don't let your hearts be troubled. See, what he calls you to do, he helps you to do, and he also equips you to do. And then he doesn't only say he's the way, he says he's the truth, which means he's not only true, but truth itself. That's incredible. There are promises in his word that we can hold on to and that we can have total trust in because he says he is who he says he is. He is the great I am. And then he says he is the life, which means he's the author and the giver of life. That means natural, spiritual, and eternal, which means also that those that believe in him will never die. They have eternal life, which starts the moment you believe in him. We have his life. He not only saves us from ourselves, he then gives us his life. And in him, all things are possible. 
than those, to get those who may consider themselves not to be a Christian this morning, who may be checking it out, who may even have been dragged here this morning. You know, I'm not sure if you've ever felt that there must be something more to life than this, that you're missing something. Life might be good, but it doesn't seem right. Your heart may be troubled too, that you once had direction, but now you're feeling lost, that you're just surviving instead of thriving. And I'm not talking success here. I'm talking satisfaction. I'm talking complete satisfaction. I want you to know, I want you to know that these promises are available to you too, and are especially for you, because Jesus came to save and seek the lost. You mean everything to him. It's why he gave everything for you. And here in this church, you've seen it on the screens. You've heard it mentioned by two of the guys here. We run a course called Alpha. It's a fantastic course because I run it. (laughs) I'm joking. I run it with a fantastic group of people, though. And it's an eight-week course, eight Monday nights, where you get the opportunity to check out and explore further the questions you may have. We start with a meal, and then there's a short talk, and then there's an opportunity to discuss what you've heard. No one's going to preach you. We're not there to um, convert you. We're there to inform you. And like I said, it's really relational. And if you've got questions, if you're checking this Christian faith out for yourself, if what you've heard today, maybe not even from me, but from those seven people who shared what God's done in their life, if that's resonated with you, I want to invite you to come and check it out. There's a sign-up sheet uh, at the back in the welcome area. You can't miss it. It says welcome in huge white, um, white lettering. It starts Monday the 28th of April at 7.30 p.m. We have a daytime one too, which will run on a Friday. So pop your name down with your number, and I personally will call you back neither the time and give you the details. See if this is true. It will totally change your life. Again, something you've heard this morning. So if you've got just eight Mondays, and it's only for an hour and a half, with some free great food, (laughs) why not come? Give it a try. There's nothing to lose, but possibly everything to gain. And I want to finish with this. If the bands want to come back up. You know, people say I'm an incredibly positive person. And I am. And I make no apologies for that. I make no apologies for it. Because you see, the majority of my life, the majority of my life before was so negative, so empty, so rubbish. But then I found something great. I found something that completely changed my life. And that something is Jesus. Do I still have bad days? Of course I do. But my worst day with him is still a million times better than a normal day without him. And this is because of another truth that Jesus promises us in the chapter we're in. John 14, 27 says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. See, you, me, 
everyone here this morning can be completely satisfied. See, the world may offer temporary peace. It may be good for a while, but soon your troubles come back. Jesus says his peace is not as the world gives. He gives us his peace. His peace, which is true, solid, and substantial. It completely satisfies, which is why we can be completely satisfied. So we don't have to let our hearts be troubled or afraid because we have the promise that Jesus really is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen.